What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Canby Christian Church Podcast. This is an on-Sunday episode. That's the episode where the pastors of the church and an occasional guest get together on a Monday in the church basement and talk about what happened on Sunday. I'm Cody. I'm Rob. I'm Aaron. And we do have one of those occasions of having an occasional guest. It is a special occasion. Aaron, do you want to introduce our guest? For the yep, day? for the very first time on the podcast. It's only been a year. Over a year. <laughs> <laughs> only been over a year. But we I finally allowed her. Here she is. My wife, Michelle Adame. Yes. Woohoo! Finally I'm allowed. I wow. think he's afraid I'm gonna say something. If we were in another <laughs> church, in another context, you may be called the first lady the of the first. church. <laughs> The first lady of Canby Christian Church. But not over here in the Pacific Northwest. No. We don't call them like that here. <laughs> Why did you just, just pick up a Southern accent like as you're talking that about That wasn't this. Southern. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of appropriation happening. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Uh, well, then you're classically from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> offended by everything. <laughs> totally Amazed offended. by nothing. Well, we, we usually kick off the podcast uh, just giving a little bit of what happened over the weekend or this past week something fun let, um, let me acknowledge first yeah that w- this is we missed last week we did miss last so week. we have two weeks that we need to cover this which we're not double. which we're not going to do because it takes too much oh, time okay it's not unless double. you want to it's we, up to you we I plan like. to try and cover both texts no I'm, i know both texts but i'm saying like both of our weeks oh yeah oh, we no, didn't no, cover no, the week no. before that nah, either we don't need to but cover why those. did we not record last week because Aaron? i was sick i got food poisoning last week furthermore i on monday where we would normally record i was on an airplane flying to california <laughs> going to see one of my preaching heroes and Claire yeah. Ferguson on Tuesday and then I flew home Wednesday with plans you like, to record on Thursday. You like preachers with uh Scottish accents. With accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I still I'm still waiting for you to give us uh, you know, an impression. I I just literally can't do it. <laughs> I can only do it can when Can you I'm, do a Scottish? I can I only can. do it when I'm reading oh, in my mind. I can't. I just think of Braveheart. I think of Robin Williams. Like, <laughs> from what when did he do that? When he's do it, I mean, don't look it up. Oh, the I think golfing it's thing. His golfing, his golfing one. Scottish yeah. people invented golfing. <clears throat> but um, real quick, real, so I got sick. Yes. And so that we were going to record on Thursday, and I got food poisoning. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday I was sick. Thursday, Friday I was just out of it, so we didn't record last week. So now we're going to combine last week and this week together. Exodus five, Exodus six. Um, but anyway, my week was yeah. really great last week, and I don't want to... Anyway, too, too many stories to tell, so we can move on. But, well, but this week, you had an anniversary, which is yes. how we got well, our yesterday occasional guest, right? Yeah. I knew it was coming, because Emily had to do it on her anniversary, so she threw it out there last oh, night. Oh, really? That's true. I knew it was going to stick. Nice. <coughs> that was not intentional, but interesting. Well, now, you you have been watching... A little boy named Jackson. Yes. Every Monday for the last year. Yep. So that's made coming in and recording a podcast a little bit difficult. Yes, it has. But now I'll the days have switched. Excuse. Yeah. Now the days have switched. Um yep. so Wednesday, you're, Thursday. You're available now. Yep. Um, but yes, twelve years, Michelle. Twelve wonderful years. years. I apologize <laughs> for the way I made the announcement <laughs> about it awkward. on 
It Sunday was just, morning. just first service. Uh, just first service. So half the people. Oh, who you were, cleaned it up for second service? I was. I think so. Service. I think so. Well, Michelle made me nervous in the front row. <laughs> the way she was looking up at me, I'm like, I got all tongue tied. This is why I write out word for word after all I'm these say. years, huh? You still after get butterflies. Oh, when you... dude, totally Twitter painted still. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's awesome. Apparently, I don't look 21 anymore. So, <laughs> but Michelle, that's not the point. You still feel 21, and that's what yeah. really matters. That is true. I more meant like our relationship <laughs> is still the same. Like when we first fresh, got married, we're still fresh, yeah. burning fire hot, huh? It's, it's still going. Yeah, something <laughs> along those lines. Oh my goodness! Nice. 12 years. We dated for a year and a half, and then I we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, for 10 months, and then we got back together and have been married now for 12 years. That's awesome. How yep. did you meet? Did you move to Riverside or did you? No, I used to drive. Um, for people that don't know, Rob and I both grew up in Redlands. Mm-hmm. So we're Southern both California. Redlands natives. California. Um, and I would drive to Riverside to go to church, this church that was popular at the time and a lot of peop- young people going. So we would go How long were you there. going there, though? Before we met, like like weeks, yeah, weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay, so around the same time you guys started going, yeah. To I got what? saved like probably two weeks before I met Aaron, so but I you, just but got you had been dabbling another in relationship. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, well compare those. Yeah, your ex, your ex boyfriend. <laughs> well, clearly one was better than the other. <laughs> they were actually. I usually have a type. I think I always dated like guys with blue eyes and dark hair. That is not true, tall. and you know it. You okay, know there's that's not true. one that doesn't Okay, that's that. but we know that that's not true. But this guy was like blonde hair, brown eyes, taller tall, than me. Skinnier. <laughs> Which is still frustrating. I know Aaron's <laughs> the shortest guy I've ever dated. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. good. How dare you? For He's a long time. average. Oh, exactly. It was all like which is funny cuz what are you 53 or something? Yeah. <laughs> Any, like anywho, we're di- we're average? digressing fast. Yeah. You like them tall? It's, well, <laughs> yeah. Our um, height. <laughs> you got this. But one. we met at a pool party actually for mm-hmm. um, oh, a cool pool party. A girl that was in the ministry. Aaron was working in high school ministry at the time, and I actually knew this girl's sister, and she had gotten saved kind of like around the same time. And like I said, I used to go to church with like a group of <coughs> friends, and so. We would all go together, and this girl was like, I'm going to have a, a pool party, and I want to invite these newer Christians here, but I'm going to invite, like, these interns to come and, like, talk to them Try and, and integrate out. them into the church. Yeah. Mm. Which me and uh, buddy Daniel did, because mm-hmm. what we heard was pool, food, and a bunch of new Christians. This sounds amazing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think we were 22 um, I was about to be 22, I think. Um, no, 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 no. I was 22. I was, I was about to be 23. That's right. So you'd been going to Harvest for... A few, I was already on staff A few there. years. Uh, yeah, like three years. Yeah. I think yeah. he had been almost, a Christian almost three for years. like two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, going on three. And Daniel still had hair? Daniel yeah. definitely <laughs> still had <laughs> hair. definitely did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he still had hair. Yep. I've seen pictures. They're a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so yeah, we were there and there was five guys, five girls, and they were all dating each other. And I thought Michelle was dating this other guy because he definitely liked her, but she couldn't oh tell gosh. that he still <laughs> had feelings for her or whatever it was. I had no idea. And so then I found out like <laughs> days later, oh no, she's not dating that guy. 
uh, they're just friends. And I'm like, yeah, right, dude, that guy is totally crushing here. And uh, anyway, we just started talking and then it, which you that's know, something that I've another. learned in marriage. Aaron's always right. It's oh my so gosh. Annoying. You're, you're a winning hard already on this. You can't do and no, that. No, it's more annoying than anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> He'll say something. Backhanded like, compliments right. have <laughs> threaded our marriage now for 12 years. <laughs> Even with your food poisoning, I was like, you have the stomach bug. And then none of Don't, us got it. That, yeah, exactly. I did not have you're the stomach right. bug. It was food poisoning. I was right. Yeah. Favor of the Lord is on this one, man. I'm glad I didn't give, get you sick. Anyway. Or Michelle, anybody did else. You, yeah. Did you ever picture yourself being a pastor's wife? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Um, in fact, I feel like a lot of people that I went to high school with and things like that have shared that. Like, you're the last person. I used to cuss really bad, which that... What was your favorite cuss word? Oh, wow. Probably the F word. It <laughs> was like literally the... Jeez, right into it. Probably the F word. I know because every other word out of my mouth I mean, that, that is word. literally a so meme. Bad. Do you know? Uh, Do you know this that. meme? That's so funny. No, I oh don't. Gosh. I just know that Michelle. that was like my favorite word. I cussed like a sailor. <laughs> it was so... And now I see other women that do that, and I'm like, it's so unattractive. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I'm so glad that the Lord has, like, redeemed that. Mm -hmm. I can't even, like, mistakenly do mm. it. Like, there are some people that will just say the word, like, because they're repeating it from someone. I can't even do that. I'm always like, mm. they said you're the so, B word. You're so conscious of it, yeah. Yeah. And it's something that, like, the Lord really, like, healed in my life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a cool, cool thing because, and it was one of the biggest things that, um, the Lord used in my, to, I worked at a restaurant and so like, you know, you're going around complaining about guests or whatever and every <laughs> other that's word. that's what they all yeah. do. Yeah. So they were like, Michelle, you don't cuss anymore. Mm. So it was interesting. That's cool. That is cool. Well, enough about you guys, Cody. How's your last two weeks? Um, my last two weeks, I think they were good. Or anything worth mentioning? Not really that I can <laughs> remember now. <laughs> Um, yeah, just a lot of the same, you know, playing, coaching soccer with my wife and things like that. Uh, youth groups back. So my weeks all look pretty similar right now. The practice, youth group, practice, life group. That's great. Church. Um, and do it again. Your kids like flew in a plane. I saw. Actually, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is a unique one. What'd they do? They, uh, um, Gary Dunphy from church, he has a little little two-seater plane. Oh, you went for he it, huh? the Young Eagles thing, and he took the girls up, which is pretty, it actually is a really cool thing, because they get to go up, and, uh, you know, once he gets to a certain height, he, he'll just let go, and they get to steer it, which wow. is pretty wild. So they came down super excited. So it was literally just Gary and your two daughters. You weren't in the yeah. plane? Nope. Wow. One, one at a time. One at a time. So wow. Gary and Ty, then Gary and Riley, yep. That is amazing. And we just hung out. But he wants he wants me to go with him, and I'm like, Gary, I'm a big boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is a small plane. <laughs> so, but he wow. says he says it can handle me. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> it amazing. Can get off the ground. Yeah, it can make it off the ground with me. Hmm. But it is it's one of those planes where you uh, you're calculating <coughs> weights. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, oh yeah. Ready to go. I'm yeah, sure. it looked really small. Yeah. He invited. Uh, it's super cool. Owen, 
Owen to do that, so we need to do that at some point in the future. But. Yeah, he takes them and you know tips them way over, so they're wow. like looking down. He goes up and then back down, so they go weightless for a minute. He does some fun stuff with them. And they wow. barf in the cockpit. I know that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Rob? Um, my okay, we're done. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> 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 Nothing exciting. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't get in a plane or send my kids off in a plane like you guys mm. did. Um. Uh, a few of us went over to the Hostetlers this week, mm. though. Had a big hangout over October there, a big Fest. bonfire, and yeah, the kids were running around. Hey, and I got attacked by allergies. Mm. I was like having a hard time even like breathing mm. after that, but it was a lot of fun. But yeah, we're back into the rhythm of things. Life group's been cool. We had a home fellowship here. What was it last? It was two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then I filled in uh, for Dave because he was out of town. So I jumped into his life group this week, which was a great oh, time. Oh, sweet! Hanging out with a few folks that I haven't really ever had a chance to had conversations with. Um, so we had a really good discussion about Chapter Five, um, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. Very cool. Yeah. I did want to say about my trip to California. Um, uh, D- Dr. Morgan is one of my like mentors and somebody I look up to. He's the dean of the School of Christian Ministries. And just w- one of my experiences there, I went there to see Sinclair Ferguson, who was doing uh, two like one hour lectures on union with Christ, whatever, whatever. I just really wanted to meet him. I don't really care what he had to say in the <laughs> talks. No, they were great. Um, but it was cool to meet him and uh, it was an intimate kind of a setting, like less than 100 people. So that was pretty rad because he's kind of a big deal. Um, but Dr. Morgan had been hanging out with him for a few days. And I mean, Sinclair is like one of the biggest names in like evangelicalism globally right now and has been for a little bit. Um, and it, it was cool because he, after the lecture, M- Morgan and I helped Sinclair get his stuff to the car and then Morgan and I went to his office and spent an hour and a half together just talking, catching up on his what's going on in his life and me. And and I, I thought to myself at the end, I'm like, this guy is amazing. Like, you don't meet people like this where they are actually kind of a big deal, like authors and do things. And then and then they hang out with people who are really a big deal. But then they'll hang out with somebody who like totally isn't a big deal and they don't really care at all, like just zero partiality in mm-hmm. his character and in his mm-hmm. ministry mentality. And it, it's one of the things I love about him and one of the things that I admire about him and look up to. Um, but it was just, it was way cool. So it was cool to be yeah. around that culture um, of of people who don't take themselves too seriously and want to build up people around them, not sort of show how cool they are, but help other people be better. So anyway, it was a super rad uh, community down there at, California Baptist University. Um, but anyway, that was kind of a remark I wanted to say. Kudos to them. Yeah. That's awesome. what God and is doing. his church is like the same size as our church. Oh, right? not even close. No? How Dude, big is his church? No, I'm talking about More. Sinclair Ferguson. Oh, Sinclair. Yeah. Sinclair is in Glasgow. Scotland. Did you listen to that podcast? I don't know. I don't think I did. He, I just, there's a new one that just came out. Okay. Uh, they interviewed him. But he is in one of the most unchurched areas in Scotland. Uh, the Church of Scotland, which is a state-run church, is basically dying because they're going liberal. Um, but he's a part of a of a independent church, and yeah, I think they have like two hundred people attending it. Right. Um, and it, which is kind of hilarious because he, I mean, he could 
he could pastor a church of 15,000 if he, you know, wanted to. He yeah. was in uh, Columbia, South Carolina for many years at one of the larger Presbyterian churches. Um, but he feels called to go, you know, be in Scotland and be in an area where basically it's post-Christian and mm-hmm. liberalism is taking over and not, you know, theological liberalism. And uh, he feels like they need to go there and preach the gospel. And so that's what they're doing, which is pretty rad. Yeah, that's cool. So nice. Anyway, that's where he's at. But Morgan, yeah. I thought you were talking about Morgan. Morgan no. is interim. He's the dean of the School of Christian Ministries, but then he's an interim pastor of one of the larger Southern Baptist churches in the Inland Empire. So, um, but anyway. We nice. got to have him out here. Yeah, he'll come yeah, out here pretty cool. soon. Will he really? Oh, yeah. Like he, come and preach? Yeah, he yeah. he came and preached here like four years ago. Oh, I wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in my first year here and spent a few days here too and we went and took him to go see waterfalls and stuff and i think he's excited to come back nice um maybe at the end yeah i know god's blessed country out here in the northwest maybe at the end of spring semester he'll he'll come again i think that's probably a good time for him to come so that's cool he'll be back which will be rad but anywho well before we we move on to the the bible portion of the podcast we always like to have a little bit of fun with a guest Mm. and so uh we have a a small trivia for you which is going to see how well you know your own hometown Oh my okay. gosh! Rob, Rob can be the backup and embarrass you. If you win, you win. Uh, what do we usually win? You win like a piece of candy or something. Oh, I'm if in. you lose, Joy. if you lose, you have to tell us the most embarrassing fact you know about Aaron. Oh right, my here we gosh! Go. <laughs> I, I entirely back this. All right, here you go. You ready? I want to get it wrong just to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, in 1882, this is all Redlands, California. Really? Oh, Redlands. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm. Right? Isn't that what you said? Redlands? Yeah, 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 yeah. Redlands. Okay. In 1882, the first what was planted in Redlands, California? Oh, I already know it. Orange groves? It is orange grove. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. Wait, yeah. I mean, I mean lemons, lemons, <laughs> avocados. One for one. Would you have gotten that, Rob? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're known for their orange groves. All right. Redlands got its name from what? Redlands, California. The red soil? <laughs> You're not from Redlands. He, he doesn't want you to lose. <laughs> you were you were pause, hesitating. The red bark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Two for two. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. The Pizza Pub, Gay 90s, is the inspiration for what hit television show? How does that have anything oh, to do with wow. it? It's in Redlands. The Pizza Pub Gay 90s in Redlands, California. Do is you the inspiration know this for what television show? Frasier. Cheers? Cheers. You got it right. I guess, oh, though. I didn't know yeah. that. Dang, you're really good at this. That does not exist anymore. I mean, it I'm must, so must have gone away. All right, here's a good one for you. It doesn't exist anymore? Oh, that No, that bar? Yeah. That pub? Well, no. it, was, it was still inspired it. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's Super, pretty amazing. Here you go. You got two more. Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick, who graduated <gasps> from Redlands High School, was the coach of what NFL football team? <sighs> How many NFL football? This teams is are your there? high school, Rob. You should get it. <laughs> Redlands okay. High School. It's, oh, yeah, that's right. You graduated from Redlands East Valley. Yeah. Go Bulldogs. You're an East Valley weirdo. What's Redlands We're High at School's the new, mascot? I don't even know. Are they the Bulldogs? Gosh. Yeah. The cat. Uh, they are the Bulldogs? No, they yeah. are the Bulldogs. I was thinking you Well, were no, Terriers. Me. Redlands is Redland the Terriers. Redland College. The, Redland yeah, College Redlands, the Redlands, yeah, the University of Redlands is the is the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay, you don't I know. I think it's something in the south. 
I want to say something down there. You don't know? Neither of you know? No, I don't know. You want to take a guess? 49ers? It's the <laughs> Not in the South. Oh, I would have never oh, gotten that. So do I get to share one. something about Aaron? That was a tough one. Well, you were <laughs> four for five, I think. Four, for, Three for four? I don't know. Three You're for lucky four. this Whoever time, Madame. Whoever track. Yeah, so you don't have to. You can tell us something you love about Aaron, though. Uh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, I put up with that stuff. That's well, what you love. <laughs> I know. I've 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 oh. toned it down on my sarcasm over the years because mm. I can be kind of mean in it. Cutting. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the Bible. Yeah, that's why we're on. here, guys. Let's move on. We're let's still we're weird. both still being sanctified. Yeah, dude. This is a marriage counseling. This is Aaron the, more than me, Sunday but podcast. yeah. <laughs> nice all right well so rob pointed out last week in exodus 5 you did not answer the question that was the title of your sermon yeah 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 what was it again who told you it was gonna be easy i mean which was kind of an interesting question and obviously they ran into a very difficult situation it's a little rhetorical it's rhetorical it's a rhetorical question yeah no one told but i guess the question for us maybe to think about is um are there some people who say believe in christ and everything will Mm. be easy which is Mm. kind of what you were getting at a little bit yeah i mean why might this be a problem yeah you're you're leading me somewhere with yeah, 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 yeah 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 I think everyone <laughs> listening can feel that you're leading me to like <laughs> draw it out. I think that there, yeah, two things happen sometimes. Because at the end of chapter four, the people believed and they worshiped God right. because they responded to Moses and Aaron's message of deliverance that God had told them to go and preach to them. Everything was amazing. But then things got hard. And I think that either in modern day, translating that to modern day, evangelism and discipleship either a the preacher does a poor job of not sharing the full gospel Mm. the good news of jesus but that also includes that hey there's a cost to discipleship salvation is free following jesus still will cost you things like you've got to lay these sins and weights aside and move forward and and i and then on top of that, they share things like everything's, uh, he's going to bring peace into your life. What Tim Keller called it, the effects of the gospel are not the gospel. Mm. So, but people preach the effects of the gospel. When you believe he will bring peace into your life and joy and fulfillment and all those things, which all of them are true, but there's also an, uh, an earlier part of that, which is you're, you're leaving the suffering part out. Um, right. And not everybody either a preaches that or b they didn't hear that they said it but they didn't hear it they only heard or therefore focused on the better part of the good news of the gospel that's kind of moses because god told him oh he yeah he shared it god didn't hold back he told him the full story about moses and the people apparently although moses may have not told moses probably told them okay they these things are gonna happen though Moses may not have realized like more hardship was going to come even still. Mm. Um, And so anyway, when suffering came, they basically, as I said this last week, like I tried that whole Jesus thing and it didn't work. Um, But I think, yeah, I think today people, when they hear the gospel or when they preach the gospel, they fail to do people a favor in 
share the whole gospel. And therefore, when trials hit, um, they fall away. This is the parable of the seed and mm. the farmer and the sower. And uh, they sprout up quickly for joy. But then when trials come or the temptations of the world come, they end up uh, falling away. And I think that's kind of what we see happening here in, in this story a little bit. So the question was rhetorical. Who told you it was going to be easy? Mm-hmm. Um, either A, no one did, and no you, one just, did. you just felt that way, or someone literally did, and shame on them, um, because Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's where that question was coming from. Well, I, I thought on this one, your main application... Michelle, feel free to jump in whenever you want. Yeah, whenever you want. Do you want just cut in. Did you want to comment yeah. on I'm that? just kidding. Keep going, but <laughs> just don't... You know what I mean? I... I thought your main application on this one, the that sin, Satan, and the world are harsh taskmasters, mm. and we find ourselves building for them <laughs> more often than we would like to admit, mm. right? I think mm-hmm. I thought that was, uh, you know, <coughs> Exodus is a weird story, so sometimes it's hard to okay, what am I going to do with this? So that I thought that was a really easy way for us. We can all reflect on, oh man, what are those things I spend a ton of time on, and I work so hard on that like contribute nothing to my life yeah contribute nothing to the kingdom of god yeah and humans i mean we're always inventing new ways to sin and make sin Mm -hmm. easier i mean the the internet you know whether it's pornography or just the ability to like slander and gossip about Mm -hmm. anyone Mm -hmm. at any time you know to lie all the time like the you know we just find ourselves slaves to brand new ways to sin all the time yep yep so yeah, good, good reflection. Point. I think that that um, in this story, particularly, it is that sort of question of who are we going to serve? Uh, the gods of this world, which are really no gods at all, ones we make up in our own mind or or the true and living God. And by extension, whose kingdom are we going to be building the kingdoms of this world or God's kingdom? Yeah. Um, and which which one are we, you know, a part of? And I think in this, Pharaoh is clearly getting them to subject themselves to him and then by extension building his own kingdom. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just sort of made really obvious and apparent in what they're doing. Not like in a spiritual sense, but in a literal sense. Right. That's what they're doing, <laughs> you know? Yep. But, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, God did... He told the full story to Moses, but in this particular instance, Moses and the people of God who were there thought it was going to be easier than it than it would have been. They weren't expecting this to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, it's like you're saying, some application for us is to ensure that when we are talking to our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, um, or for those of us who you know get up and actually preach on on Sundays or in some type of Bible teaching session to make clear that the cost of following Christ is your life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he, that's what he said. That's what he lived, you know? And, uh, so I think that's an important element not to be overlooked, mm-hmm. even if just uh, in, in a small amount as mm-hmm. you're sharing the gospel. Um, cause yeah, we wouldn't want people to be confused and, and, uh, we want them to have the full picture. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting, uh, point that we see an application from chapter five. <clears throat> I think, I think the other thing on that too is when, when people become Christians um, or even as they're being sanctified, we often struggle with this idea of compatibility. Why can't I both walk in the love of God and, and have a right relationship with God, 
but also have like great relationships with the world. Like, why can't I have both of these things? And in, in one sense, the moment they believed, maybe the, maybe the uh, Israelites thought, yeah, I want deliverance, but why can't we all just get along? And they had to learn in this moment in chapter five, like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like if you love God, the world is going to hate you mm. and it's going to be a harsh, it's going to treat you even more harshly. And like, like you were saying earlier about cussing, mm -hmm. you knew there's not a compatibility between living in the world and living in Christ. Th those two things are going to look radically different. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not every convert in, uh, instinctively feels that either A, by bad preaching, or B, they just like don't believe that that could really be the case. They feel like they can actually marry these two things. And I think this is just one of those examples of God allowing his people after they believe to see like, hey, these things don't go hand in hand together. Like if you follow me, those people are going to hate you and it's going to be worse than ever. So don't try and stay in the world and also, you know, in me. It's not it's not necessarily going to work that way. You know, God wants to, as, as I said this last week, God as a consuming fire, he wants to purify his people, too. As much as he as a consuming fire, he he doesn't want to just purge the Egyptians and the evil and the godlessness, but he wants to actually purify his people and and he's putting them in this heat, uh, in this fire to get them to see that you know, mm -hmm. which is really tough in the moment, mm -hmm. um, but in the end, it's like we are refined by him, you know, so we obviously give him praise for that, but it still is a struggle. And it's we're just thankful more for his uh, love and in the end. And that's why faith matters, right? We have to be able to see those things beyond our momentary affliction, you know? Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that was the main point, right, of the sermon was that God promises salvation. He's going to deliver. But our enemies don't let go without a fight. Even mm. when it's, you know, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, like we're living life in any enemy occupied territory where mm -hmm. it's like the world we're living in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so because of that, there's struggles, but <clears throat> do we believe that God is going to use those for good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michelle. Cool. Yeah. Any thoughts on Exodus five? Did, did the end Moses is upset with God mm -hmm. and he prays his prayer. Oh Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did why you ever you send me? Evil? why uh he says ever since i came to pharaoh to speak in your name he has done harm to this people and you have not delivered your people at all have you ever felt that way <laughs> <laughs> have you ever felt that way yes i think like That's with everything question. i mean i think of like our kids when they played soccer you know it was like all like yes this is going to be fun and then when they found out like they're going to be doing it in weather and, you know, people are going to be mean and all these things. They were like, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore, you mm -hmm. know. And I think we can all go about something in the, that same way and have that same mindset. And then when we hit a, a wall or hit some harm in the way, we're like, oh, this isn't this isn't sunshine <coughs> and flowers anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think. I think for me, um, especially in the beginning of my walk with the Lord, but even when we first came here, you know, I, I actually shared this at the women's thing, but like 
I thought like, okay, I'm making this huge sacrifice. I'm sacrificing friends and family and, and the place that I grew up and amazing leaving. Redlands. Yeah. <laughs> well, we weren't yeah. living in Redlands. I but. know. Where President William Taft like, once visited. <laughs> That's right. I didn't get to that <laughs> trivia question. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Not That's at all. So good. <laughs> but I think you think like, oh, I'm taking this huge step of faith and God is like working in the midst of it and everything. So it's going to be like pretty like safe, you know, and I don't know why I thought and that because I've read the Bible. Me. Yeah. Well, you just think like you're going to Christians, you know, they're going to act like Christians. Right. But like, no, we're all simple. We all mm. like have our comforts and our idols and things that we love. And when those things are attacked then we attack you know and mm. so yeah i think that you know definitely coming here i had that mindset of like oh well god's and he did he met us and like we've preserved we're still here you know but it didn't go as smooth as i thought like mm. i had pretty much grown up i'm i'm a very easygoing person i've never had anyone like hate me or like attack me like i have been as a christian mm -hmm. so i think I just assumed that that would go along in my Christian faith, that I wouldn't have people be mean to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. I would agree. You're pretty easygoing. Yeah. And extremely likable. Very likable person. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. Aaron's laughing no, at no, me. I'm not, uh, you're not a people pleaser. No, 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 no. I can be, though. I you like people. You're good with people. But yes. you're not a people pleaser in the negative sense. No, but <laughs> I do struggle with saying no. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'll do this for you. No, yeah. this you and Cody schedule. have that yeah. in common. Aaron loves it. <laughs> that's funny. He's uh, surrounded by it. Yeah. But chapter five, things don't go so well. What about chapter six? Chapter mm. Do we see is the silver lining peeking through? Mm. I love the, how it six opens. I know. When God just says, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Uh, with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. Um, <laughs> I just, I think it's sort of, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is inappropriate to say, but I just, I, I do feel like this is sort of God saying, hold my beer. <laughs> you know, those like memes <laughs> oh where, where it's just like, that's a cultural, that's a totally cultural reference. It's a, different. Where it's like basically a person is, you know, talking to someone and then they hand them their beverage. They're and they, moving they're, from casual to, okay, I got to go. It's business I gotta go time. Put work done. I'm getting to work. And I, I don't know. I feel like that's what God is saying. Like, I am going to show you what I will do. And we're about to enter into this next phase of Exodus where God will unleash his power, you know, in an amazing way. And this, it sort of starts in six, but really it ramps up in the next section where we see the plagues. Mm -hmm. But anyways, chapter six, well, no, should I, we transition over there? You know, yeah, what kind of shocked me about those, those opening verses was that they he came says after the will, end verses and the other one. That's true. They're really close. Wow. You know yes, I mean? they like, did, Michelle. Great. <laughs> no, but like they came immediately Moses following is literally the prior ones. Like yeah. calling God evil. Right. You know, yeah. and like saying, like, you haven't done anything. You haven't done it at all, what you've said. <laughs> like it's almost like, you know, this kid back talking you. You almost mm -hmm. think like the parent you're just waiting for this parent hand of God to like come <laughs> yeah. across the right. Don't talk the, to me. The yeah. page, you know, but like God is so patient and like reminds him again, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that is. Hmm. But the how he says he will let them go, he will actually drive them out. 
like I'm going to use him to drive the people out. He's actually holding them back. So he says under compulsion, he will let them go, mm. but he will drive them out of his land. And, and I think I made that statement like Pharaoh works for me. And evidently he has forgotten that hmm. or obviously he doesn't know it is not accepting yeah, it, but right. he, he works for me and he's going to do what I, I raised him up for this purpose uh, to drive my people out of their land. And <clears throat> I thought that was kind of interesting um, when we think we're the captains of our own ship and we're set in sail and where we want to go. It's like, no, we are all under God's authority and sovereignty in that sense. So I like that. The the incubation time for the people of God. Like you mentioned this early in incubation? the Incubation or incubation? <laughs> I knew Aaron in- wasn't going to let that go. Syncopation. No, in- incubation. Incubation. With a B. <laughs> um, I thought this was an interesting thing you brought up early in the series where you were talking about God told Abraham, I will grow you into a great nation. But mm-hmm. in order to do that, this was the means by which God would grow Israel, gave them this safe place to basically live amongst the Egyptians, uh, initially in relative peace until recent, you know, history. And now the time has come where basically at the end of this saga, the people of Israel will plunder Egypt and leave it with, with Mm -hmm. most of its wealth and some of its people, Mm -hmm. you know, which we'll see. But, um, yeah. And so that period has, has shifted and now God is going to unleash his uh, fury. But then we have this weird genealogy in the middle of this. But what was your point in bringing that up? Oh, I was I was just referencing the incubation that, and all that. That um, just indicating incubation. his sovereignty. Like God, God was using Pharaoh the same way he had always planned to put his people, mm-hmm. you know, into this situation mm-hmm. so that he would uh, like grow them, grow them yeah. and send them out. Like mm-hmm. it's hindsight is twenty twenty. For us, it's easy to look back on maybe portions of our own life or in history in general, and we see, oh, and now I see what God was doing. Mm-hmm. He was, all of these really horrible things perhaps happened to me so that this wonderful thing would end up happening to me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we don't have that. We, you know, It's difficult to see that. But in this instance, because we can look back into history, we can see what God is doing even though they're having this horrible time in chapter five, we know what's going to happen in the future. You know what I mean? And I, all that to say, even though things seem bleak and dark, uh, God is still in control and Mm -hmm. we can, we can have faith and trust that he will fulfill his promises. And we're, we're beginning to see those come to light. You know, that's all that I was mentioning with regard to like Pharaoh being his instrument. Yeah. And so, cause that's the interesting thing is that he, is uh, the incubation incubation? <laughs> we did it twice. Yeah. The incubation period Occupation? is over. Egypt doesn't want to let them go, and and kind of to some degree, even if even if life is not ideal, there's a lot of hardship. The fear of the unknown mm. is harder to move into than like you just kind of accept your present situation. Like, we'll all just stick this out. And people do that in their jobs. They mm-hmm. do that in all these things. Like, they don't believe that things could actually be better. And so they don't uh, try or they won't accept an opportunity or these kinds of things. Um, and so not, God is doing both and, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he is teaching the Egyptians who he is, and he's going to force his people out. But he also needs to put it in his people. Hey, they say it's your home. 
uh, I'm going to move you somewhere else. And he has to make their situation extremely uncomfortable in order to get them to see, okay, we got to go. We can't stay here anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and they're happy, of course, when they, when they do move on. Of course, the love of Egypt never fully left their hearts. And that'll, we'll see that in you know, chapters ahead. Uh, but that's also what God's doing is he's trying to get them out of Egypt and the Egypt out of them. Um, anyway, as a part of the incubation thing. But chapter six, um, the I wills. Oh, no, the, he reminds them of the name, right? First in uh, mm-hmm. two through seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, two through six. <clears throat> El Shaddai comes back. Mm-hmm. Originally, he said it to Abraham, I think was the original... Uh, I remember looking this up. Yes. It's in Genesis where he announces himself as God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time in Exodus that he refers to himself that way, which I don't think that's, uh, you know, that's not a coincidence. God is mm-hmm. saying, I am Almighty and I will show you how that's going to come to pass. But mm-hmm. yeah. Did you guys read in any commentaries that there is actually debate on this? Debate on what? Debate on... Um, I think in Genesis 17, because he says, I did not uh, reveal my name. Like, I, I, I was, appeared to them as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Um, but actually, I believe it was in Genesis 17, he says, God Almighty. But mm-hmm. I think in some other translations there's just some debate because in fact that name does appear in genesis mm-hmm. um and uh where it says the lord mm-hmm. the lord in in the book of genesis it's that same name so there's debate among some like scholars and stuff like that of what what does god mean here uh even though they may have heard the name um they knew him by god almighty by this uh activity Right. And so I think both the name and the action associate, okay, I know this person, I know this God. And so maybe the name was there, but the activity of God Almighty is what they knew. And so that's what they knew him as. Um, but there's some interesting debate there. I, obviously, completely unnecessary for a sermon, but something that was I thought was kind of interesting to bring up in the I thought podcast. you did bring it up in your sermon. You said that like here, God had never revealed himself in this way before to his people. But now he was going to reveal himself as the God who saves, you know, right. the God who delivers and, you know, redeems his people from <coughs> the evil of Pharaoh, you know? Right. And, and that, yeah, that is what I said. But I'm saying there, I, I didn't say that, mm-hmm. oh, there's debate about the Yahweh thing mm-hmm. because the Yahweh, like, is also mentioned to the patriarchs, not just El Shaddai. And so well, they Genesis, were wondering about that. Genesis was written. I mean, it could have been Moses including that. Yeah. You know, like after the fact, like it didn't happen then, but he was writing it after. Right. During the Exodus period. So now if I was a, that that was not an explanation I heard from any scholar and what I was reading, <laughs> but that would, that was it's exactly simple. And yeah, that would be <laughs> what, I, where I went in my mind is exactly yeah. where you went. Yeah. Like, well, it's, because this was written later and Genesis is written later. And so I, he just probably put Yahweh in there. That's the explanation, you know? Uh, anyway, I've, yeah. it's a, it's a moot point. 
Bible I, nerd talk. I had a question about the genealogy mm. when you were preparing, because uh, we talked about it in our life group, and uh, and I skipped over it. I didn't skip over it. I read it, so no one else had to try to. I did too. Aaron did too. But then as we were I discussing it, I think you should read it, it again, babe. As we, dis- as we were discussing it, I skipped over it, and uh, Emily, my wife Emily, was like, we, uh, you know, Jeannie Iman's Bible study would tell you never ignore the genealogies. They're always significant. So then I was curious and I was reading more of them and there's quite a few like uh, Egyptian names, Ethiopian names in mm-hmm. there. And I was curious, like, did you come across anything about the like how diverse the nation of Israel is at this time? Is it like fairly... Because it's funny, like, the same thing happens with uh, when you do Jesus' genealogy, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like, all these people that aren't, like, native, you know, Israelites. Yeah. It tucked in there, which is always kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, but do you think there's significance to that? I don't... You know. Massive significance, for sure. Um, I think some of these names, like the sons of Aaron and, and obviously of Moses, like, they were there, but these characters are not really characters in Exodus or at least at this point in Exodus. So it is strange to mention them because it is looking ahead. Uh, because when you get into numbers, um, and Deuteronomy, of course, Leviticus, like some of these characters show up more particularly in the activities of the Levitical priesthood and things like that. Um, but Rob and I were actually talking about this earlier because God is going to bring judgment on the Egyptians and he's going to deliver the Israelites. But there's all these little notes that essentially say there were other people, though, that went out with the Israelites. Yeah. And so there were Egyptians and other people who were living in Egypt, potentially some surrounding you know, nations and things like that, some uh, sojourners who were living in that land as well, who also believed to some degree, like, whoa, their God is clearly God and we're going to follow him and and the Israelites. And so there were some who went and believed and God will later on give laws about uh, inclusion into God's people, what that would look like. And it'll be through the covenant sign of circumcision for, for the males, the, the men who come in among them and who believe in their God and want to join their community. Um, we would say today that would be look like baptism. Um, you know, no matter where you come from, you can join God's family. You believe in God, and then you show that through baptism. That'd be the covenant sign. Um, but I think, yeah, this genealogy in re- response to that would yep. just show the inclusion, a, a fulfillment of God's earlier promise that through the nations or through Israel, he would bless all the other nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it here. Yeah. yeah, it's always tucked in there. And you mentioned it. Chapter seven, verse five, that the Egyptians should know that he is the exactly, Lord, you know, that. So there's always, yeah, these little hints in there. Um, we <coughs> think of it as being so exclusive, but there's always and really that's the setup to this whole interaction. Right. Is that like the name Yahweh needs to be <coughs> great among the nations. There needs to be he needs to make himself known um, mm-hmm. and like triumphing over this massive Mm -hmm. nation of Egypt is like one way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to remember the way, like we have to hold in balance 
that God hates evil, judges sin. God loves the world yeah. and wants to see those in the world saved, though not everybody in the world will be saved. These are hard truths to sort of hold in balance. Um, but even as God is judging the Egyptians, he's also saving the Egyptians, uh, many, you know, many of them. And we'll, we'll see that as we uh, go on. And, and particularly when they cross the Red Sea and enter into the land, we'll hear more of these phrases about some of the people among them, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's a good question or a good thing to point out nice. in the well, genealogy. Well, I, I appreciate you appreciating my question. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> you want to know why I appreciate that question? Let me tell you why. Um, because I did not pay attention that deeply to the genealogy. Oh, so Jeannie, I mean, would have something to say to both of us, probably. Yeah, yeah but I did, I, I think because I was immediately caught by some of these names, like the sons of Korah. Like Korah was somebody who stood up against Moses, and because of that, she was judged by God, you know? Um, or he was judged by God. Korah? No, yeah. Yeah, he was judged by God. Mm -hmm. Who was the other they person? With there's Korah? a rebellion. They yeah, tried to basically say. Yeah, there was a rebellion. Like, yes. So, yeah, that's yeah. later. They stand up and they challenge the Aaronic like sister, line right? of priesthoods. Yeah. Korah is Moses' sister, right? Is no. that right? No. Her name is. Why am I blanking here? Oh my gosh, it's Monday. I'm, I apologize. Uh, oh my gosh. Anyway, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> but yes, there is a rebellion, a mutiny. Miriam. Yeah. Miriam, thank you. Okay. Miriam and Cora. Yeah. That sounds right. Anyway, I was I was caught uh, taking back. Is that Bible trivia? Dude, yeah. Did I get you it? Just, you just crushed it. Good job. <laughs> but no, that's not the trivia. Anyway, Ooh. good mention. Dang it. There's a clear point system, so I just want to make sure you know you didn't get the Bible <laughs> trivia for this week. It, you it, can't uh, make up your own questions and then win Bible trivia. I, oh, I mentioned this in my life group, that whenever you do, uh, like you're reading the Bible and you come across this random, um, I guess, interruption in the story. Like that is clearly like, hey, from the author, I want you to listen to this. Like this is a very important point. Let me interrupt this story for a very important announcement. Uh, and he brings up the genealogy. And essentially, like he says it at the end, um, that this was the Aaron and the Moses whom God called to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. Because certainly there were other Moseses and there were other Aaron's around at that time. So I was like, oh, well, which one are you talking about? It's it's the one who's the son of, and, you know, he, he had these kids, that that Moses, that Aaron. Oh, okay, I, now I know who you're talking about. So it is there to distinguish, which I didn't mention um, as a part of the reasons for the genealogy in my sermon, but that would definitely be one of the bigger ones for sure. Anyway. Yeah, but I think you did mention like it was to establish their validity, their, uh, historical, their historical reality, yeah. yeah, that they were real people that and of course it will become more important later as the priesthood is established and stuff. But I think those are those are good points and um and yeah, and I think that it leads I mean kind of into the one of the things you mentioned too was that salvation is multifaceted. We see mm. in this list of people you know, from this line that are all sort of different people from different backgrounds and those sorts of things. But one of the things you mentioned is that um, you had two points under that, right? You said salvation is... What well, was the, the, first? the multifaceted thing was under the I wills. 
the seven right. I wills, not under the genealogy. Yeah. Um, the first one was, so what are these seven I wills? Like, what are we in general supposed to glean out of them? And number one, it's that God is salvation. God brings salvation. Right. Not a religious institution, not man's traditions, not any human being, but God himself. Um, but then it's also more than a narrow view of salvation, right? We were chatting about that before the podcast of uh, particularly in the U S I think salvation is either a preached as your get out of hell free card. Mm. Um, man, don't you just want to go to heaven and not go to hell? Okay. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want that? You know, like I'll believe in Jesus, but then nothing really changes. Um, and then, or, or they just see it as one layer yeah. of the, of the whole thing of salvation, right? Salvation is more than just freedom from addiction. Salvation is more than just like, Hey, I don't cuss anymore now. Mm-hmm. Uh, God answered my prayer in that, you know? salvation is union with Christ. It's being connected to him. Um, but first I have to have forgiveness of sins. First, I need to have my guilt and sin removed. I need to be redeemed and purchased back from the domain and power of darkness and sinfulness and all of these things, right? Like there's so much that is taking place in the history of salvation. And then salvation is already and not yet, right? We're all saved and yet we're not yet saved. We're waiting for the return of Christ. We're waiting for heaven. And and so that's what we mean by multifaceted. Uh, it's not it's not just cool. I don't do drugs anymore. Like that's mm-hmm. awesome for you. But like, isn't it so much more than that? Because there's a lot of people who aren't Christians who don't do drugs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got to be bigger than that. Um, and I mean, I, I yeah. think that mindset is revealed like in us when, uh, you know, people confess Christ on their deathbed. After living a horrible life and they're going to go to heaven if they have authentic faith in mm. Jesus. And and sometimes I've heard people, you know, go like, well, that's not cool. Like I, li- you know, did all that crazy stuff and now he's going to heaven and I've been living like within the rules, mm-hmm. you know, air quote rules my whole life. And I'm going to go to heaven, too. And besides the fact that Jesus has like very clear parable about that. Mm. Um, it also reveals that attitude, right? Like that guy got his ticket to heaven, but I've been earning my ticket to heaven mm-hmm. my whole life, you know? And it's like that guy missed out on a relationship with Christ yep. mm-hmm. for all those years of his life. Like yep. he was oppressed by sin. He was, you know, you know, a slave to darkness instead of a slave to light, yep. you know, like we, it reveals that we, even when we know, like I can say the right things. I've read the Bible. Sometimes our attitude reveals how we're still looking at salvation. That For way. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that person on his deathbed or her deathbed, if they have true repentance, then they first have godly sorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Godly sorrow leads to repentance as Paul says, you know, so they're not looking at their prior life going, well, look at this is awesome. I got to live everything the way I wanted yeah. to. And now, Okay, at the end, that probably wasn't the smartest thing, God. You are God, and Jesus is Lord, and all, now I get to go to heaven, right? Like, that's not the attitude of a true, of someone who's actually going to heaven, you know? Right. They experience that godly sorrow leading to repentance. But, um, but yeah, it does yeah. reveal more about our heart, too, if we, like, pharisaically think that way. 
about somebody um, or the pro- the older son in the prodigal son story. You know, I've been here the whole time, Dad. How come I don't get the yeah. fattened calf, Dad? Um, but, yeah, uh, God can show his grace to anyone even There's at like the end. Some Dave Chappelle voice in there. That was, uh, on, I was man. like, man. I was like, where is that coming from? That's hey, funny. Man. Oh, man. Not cool, man. <laughs> but so the, you- the story picks up. <laughs> Oh, you know what I realize? Uh, sometimes, does it ever happen to you guys when you're preaching that something comes out to you that you didn't see in your preparation, but in your in your preaching? Mm. And and uh, so I realized I preached really the first thirteen verses of chapter six. Then there was the genealogy, and then the story picks up for another thirteen verses. I was mm. like, oh, that's a pretty interesting balance. How did that work out that way? Chiasm. <laughs> You're just getting ready for Simeon Trust. Wow. I actually That's did. That's a chiasm. Sorry. That it's was all going through our minds. That was, kind of <laughs> that was so that good. Was not, not no, I actually did read that it is, it, that there is a chiasm in here, <laughs> believe it or not, where God spoke to Moses, and then it's to Aaron and Moses, and then the genealogy, and then it's just to Moses, and then to Moses and Aaron. So if you see 7 1. The Lord said to Moses, mm-hmm. and then later eight. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron. So, the, which which the, only further emphasizes that the genealogy is significant. It's a central mm-hmm. part of the central chiasm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very which, interesting. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know, a chiasm is like mirror images that lead to this central point. Yeah. Uh, so, like you know, it's like, a literary device. It's a literary device, and what in, when in you literature. notice them. Like, I don't know, somebody describe it better than me, right? <laughs> no, you're on a roll. You're doing it. it. Like, you're doing it. Like a Keep chiasm going. is like, like We're love watching. There's a square <laughs> and the square is green and there's a star on the square and it was a green square and it's a square. Right? So it's like there's a pattern, right? Yeah, that yeah, goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You see square, good. green, star, green, square. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. that does when you see that in a literary device. It is pointing you to the central point. Yeah. And yeah. so what's important about noticing them in the Bible is it's a free pass to get to the main point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah then yeah. you know the part to focus on. Right. right. And well, so that's what we're talking about. There. It's it's kind of like. But it, that would tell us to focus on the genealogy. Yes, yeah. it would. Exactly. That's what the chiasm is pointing at, that it, it's it's significant. The, these we've just been glossing. Aaron and Moses, point. they are bosses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's kind of what it is pointing at. But the. Uh, in other literary devices, for example, we make the point in the beginning. Uh, like Ephesians 1 is a great example of that. If you just open up Ephesians chapter 1, uh, blessed be our Father, of Lord Jesus Christ. We are blessed in the heavenly places. And then he goes in and describes that. So he makes the point in the beginning and then describes it. Whereas like in a parable, Jesus will start telling the story and you're like, Where, what's the point? Where's this going? Mm-hmm. And then he makes the punchline at the end. Uh, for so there is joy in heaven in the presence of God when a sinner repents, right? So the point comes at the end. In a chiasm structure, the point comes in the middle. And there are literary structures at the end and the beginning that show there we're highlighting the point in, in, the, in the middle here. So anyway, that's what that is. That's what a chiasm, chiasm is. Um, and But the, then you stopped at verse 13, so you kind of end at the before the plagues begin. And we see this the interchange. Ma- the ten major plagues that yeah. we would understand. Major, as Melody would say. <laughs> the major, major plagues. plagues. 
um, as she would say. But <laughs> you kind of uh, you kind of did mention about this, but I don't know. I don't know. Like there is some debate maybe about what did the magicians actually do? Mm. Did they like it was a uh, one person pointed out in our life group kind of interestingly that there are certain snakes and maybe he I'm not sure where he he found this but if you hold it at the head and you pinch a nerve or whatever it will it will straighten out as if it's a stick wow and it looks like it's a staff so I, perhaps he read this somewhere that maybe the magicians were sort of doing this illusion making the snake seem like they were a staff and then threw them and they, you know, mm. stopped being whatever, like they were frozen. Mm. Well, that kind of is the two options, right? They're either making, you know, tricking you to thinking they're doing it. Right. Or Aaron, you know, hypothesized in his sermon that they've, they really did some this. sort of demonic satanic power. Yeah. And are also performing miraculous signs yep. through that. Which uh, yeah. is pretty scary to mess around with. Yeah, which I guess there's no way of knowing specifically through the text, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is. It's the same language. If you go into the Hebrew, the original language, yeah. it's using the same words. Oh, so you'd say right. according to the text. According to the they text. They are also performing miracles. The same miracles. Through some sort of evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they so were, it's more likely it was not an illusion, but an actual... Yeah, light. it says... It here they were able to repeat is that the word mm-hmm. um, um they were able to they did the same um let me see here if there's a cross reference or um yeah they did the yeah. same by their secret arts don't re- don't don't read any further in there you're going to ruin the bible trivia for today yeah they did their th- <laughs> yeah they did the same thing what was I, th- I th- you know the one thing i wanted to draw out of that Really, though, because we're kind of fascinated, like, whoa, they did the exact same thing. It's like, yeah, but they only replicated. Yeah. That's all they they couldn't. It's not like they were initiating this whole thing. They were always responding to what God did and then, like, sort of showing, well, I can do that same thing. I can do that same thing. And eventually, in all of these signs and wonders, they're going to hit a point where they can't do what God can do. And I think that's a pretty interesting thing that the enemy will do that he will try and replicate the things that god does to lead you away these are the temptations uh of jesus right i can give you the kingdoms of the earth i mean in one sense that's a true promise he he had him he was the prince of the world but it's also kind of dumb because he already owns it yeah exactly (laughs) that's exactly that's how jesus was able to resist the temptation because he saw by faith Sure. What was beyond the statement? Yeah, but at the same time, he wasn't saying anything wrong. He was the prince of the world, and mm-hmm. um, but anyway, the they are able to replicate right. some of the things, but they're always a poser. They're always trying to make a cheap substitution of the real thing. Yeah, and and the cheap substitution is this. But Aaron's staff was able to swallow up their staff. Like mm-hmm. you can buy a Samsung. But it it'll look like an iPhone, but it will <laughs> oh never it will never ever be the original. You'll never yeah. get that blue it, bubble in your text message. Exactly, <laughs> it will never be and the original. Will the OG. Hate doing a group text with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can go. You can like uh, go to Walmart or wherever and buy the shoes that look like Converse, but they're not really Converse, and they're gonna fall apart. 
faster than a real real converse as well. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's just an example. For sake of the analogy. For the sake of the analogy. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it is important. Like the main the thing to take away is that God was superior. He he overcame Mm -hmm. their sign with you know Aaron's staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, which is a good point. But still. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Mm-hmm. So, are we going to ignore that this week? I think because we're, we're getting, getting into, into it. it. Next yeah, week. let's get into it next week. Next week. Yeah, we have we it's have been talking yeah, way too I long. I think that's a good idea. When the pattern goes, yeah. So, uh, well, Michelle, you're yeah. here. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be here next week. So, what do you think? No, about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Exactly let's put you on the spot. What I wanted to like not have. <laughs> Most controversial part of the whole story. It is the question people often wonder. I'm gonna let you guys handle that one next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you. The got questions it all figured are: out. Did God harden his heart? Did he harden his own heart? And the answer is yes. Yes, both. That's it. Mm. Let's move on. Yeah. What did I say about it in my sermon? I said at least one thing. I think. What I did think I say in about small it? You said we'll talk about it well. soon, but you've been saying that for weeks, so we yeah. we'll get to it next both week for sure. In the sermon and in the podcast, we'll spend more time. No, I. I what did I say in my sermon about it? I said something. Um, let's see. The the one thing. Oh, the reason why he hardened their heart or hardened Pharaoh's heart was so that the Egyptians would know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he is the Lord, and he wants these people to understand he is God. A even if they don't believe, but he knows there's some that are going to believe. So he's using Pharaoh as a as an example as a tool even in his unbelief. And I think that in one sense just shows God's sovereignty even over evil, um, that though there is evil and opposition, God is in control and he can actually use that to bring about his divine purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cue Judas Iscariot yeah. and Christ, right? right? Like yeah. you've got this, I, I, in my opinion, Judas is the most evil person in the entire Bible. Now, obviously, you can debate that all you want, but it's like this guy literally walked with God mm-hmm. for three years, was called by Jesus into discipleship, saw the miracle. I mean, just nobody had a greater opportunity to see mm. the love of God and all of these things. And at the end of the day, rejected it. That's one thing. But then to turn, betray the kiss of death, kiss of betrayal and sell him off for cheap silver. I mean, this is the most evil human being to ever exist, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, but yet God's, sovereign, it, yeah. yet God's sovereignly used the evil in this man's heart to kill his own son so that many in the world would be saved who believe in him. And, and I think that God hardening Pharaoh's heart, and in that text with Judas... There's an interesting footnote about how Satan entered into the heart of Judas Iscariot. But once again, it's showing that God is sovereign even over Satan, Mm -hmm. who is clearly opposed to God. Satan thought he was winning, um, but God's like, ha, psych, I resurrected from the dead. And uh, you thought you won, but I actually won. And now you're defeated. By your own hand, you're defeated, which is the the irony of God, the comedy Mm -hmm. irony of God, which is hilarious. And with Haman... And Esther. Oh, and Haman, the dude hung on his own gallows. <laughs> I love that line. That's so good. Yep. Should we uh, should move we on? Start wrapping up. Let's do it. It's getting long. Okay. Getting long podcast. We'll do this. Volunteer of the week. 
the volunteer mm. of the week. Michelle, do you want to announce volunteer of the week? Yes, do it's it. my girl. Um, <laughs> you have many girls here. I do, I do. But she didn't say my only exclusion. girl. She didn't, <laughs> I didn't say, say my, my only girl. Only girl. <laughs> um, and everyone, you know, a lot of them have already been chosen. <laughs> but I really feel it, like so you know. Carly Fano. <laughs> yes. Carly um, Fano's volunteer yes. of the week. She's a ride or die <laughs> girl. Um, she is. <laughs> she is. Um, she'll make Trooper. food for the meals. Um, meal train. Meal train that we do. And she's helped out in children's ministry a ton. And mm. um, yeah, is doing one-on-one Bible discipleship with Sarah even. Mm. And oh, so, very cool. Yeah, like she just, you know, gets in and and handles it but i really appreciate her in women's ministry so she'll be teaching but um she also just helps out in the little behind the scene things that no one sees she's organizing the chairs actually in our group room so nice, <laughs> nice. and she small. is going with you to simeon yes she'll be going week. to simeon simeon trust simeon is trust. W- yeah. what i did in chicago where they teach expository preaching and there's a ladies version of it and michelle has taken a few girls to Seattle yep. next week. And, uh, Where we learn about chiasms and stuff. Chiasm, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. Get and ready. We're going to nerd out. Just say chiasm over and over. Yeah. That's one thing I appreciate like, about this girl's smart. Carly. <laughs> Carly has a, has a serious love for scripture mm-hmm. and for knowing it and sharing it with others. And uh, I appreciate her. Um, heart in that. It's her second time going, right? She went to the one in She's Portland? actually been more than me. She went one more time before, before. me. Oh, yeah. okay. So she, this is her third time Dang. doing it. Because her husband, Nate, um, is also way into it as well, but he's not able to go. Yeah. Because he has a busy job. Which maybe he'll be volunteer of the week sometime in the future, but not this mm, week. It's not Carly, not Nate. Week. Carly. It's Carly. <laughs> Ladies first. Back off, Nate. <laughs> we really appreciate her. Even mm. during the pandemic, she really came alongside and took the toddlers and was, you know, teaching them and mm-hmm. small group and stuff and really helped out in whatever way she could. Mm-hmm. And if you are not helping out in kids, we could use some more volunteers. So if 100%. you're listening to this, we lovingly, graciously ask you to prayerfully consider mm-hmm. helping us out with our kids. <laughs> and after you've prayed about it, sign up. <laughs> and what's weird is we need a lot more um, in first service now. Yeah. Like we have yeah. so many kids mm-hmm. coming to first service, which yeah. historically true. was more second service. Right. Well, like so. this last week, what was it, 27, 28, and then 34 second service? Right. That sounds I mean, right. that's pretty close to balanced. Yeah. Uh, and so we need more help in the first service. And there um, were kids missing. I yeah, there were. Some. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's a good problem. Um, but the cool thing is, is God always provides for his church what they need. And yeah. so there are people here who are willing or able to serve. So they should and could jump in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll true, move on. True that. It's time for Bible trivia right now. Mm. Bible trivia. Here is your trivia question, and here's why I didn't want you to read any more about the sorcerers in Egypt, okay? Okay. We're about to enter the plagues. Which <coughs> plagues were the Egyptian magicians able to replicate, and which ones weren't they? Mm. I mean, the blood. The blood and the Nile River. The blood to... The water to blood. They yeah. weren't able to do the first, like, three or four. They were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, until the gnats. The gnats, the f- I think. They could do yeah. flies. 
Locus. Lice. Yeah. Um, like the first three, right? Or first four plagues, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't remember what they are. It's the I know it's the blood, the water that's, to blood. That that's sufficient. You nailed it. Yeah, it's yeah. up to frogs, and then they fail. Well, we so it's in order. Frogs. We didn't get the they frogs. They do it in order. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, but frogs is right before gnats. Mm. So you said they failed at gnats, which is true. They went to frogs up to and failed at gnats. The funny part about that though is like, your your land is covered in frogs. And these magicians are like, we can make frogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, exactly. dude, we don't want any more frogs. I don't care. Like, that's like pretty funny, actually. That's like, so they're I so, thought the same they're thing. They're so oblivious. They're like, we'll make more frogs, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like when Elijah was calling down like fire uh, on Mount Carmel. And like the people there, the other um the prophets, prophets of Baal right. are like cutting themselves. And they're like, dude, you're so dumb. What are you doing? You know? It's hilarious. Exactly. Well, that was it. You guys Good job. Bible trivia. Good job. And and our our guest made up their own Bible trivia in the yep. middle of the podcast mm-hmm. and aced the Aaron Red, made aced it up. the Redlands trivia too, so. <laughs> it's true. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> bring up uh, Kimberly Crest. Oh, I have yeah, no idea who that's that is. That- it's like a it's, mansion. It's the family Redlands. who started uh, the. Well, no, <laughs> Kimberly Crest is not. Kim, oh. Oh, it's the name of their like some lady estate. Well, there's a huge oh, okay. estate. You go there for your field trips. People, in school. yeah, people get married there and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, we went to a wedding. But there. the family who was there invented or started the company who does Kleenex and like Q-tips. Wow. Yeah, Gosh, that's where Cody? they're from. Why Unreal, get that one? dude. Redlands used to be like like the wealthiest place in southern california mm-hmm. until a certain period of time well I yeah like those houses on sunset aaron you got to go there man you can just feel the redlands i love. it's so posh right now yeah. i did not say that aaron likes to remind me because i like lived in mentone for like no. three years that i wasn't originally from redlands yeah mentone is like the place you uh it's like nazareth what's the equi- <laughs> what, what good what's comes the- from nazareth seriously but what's the equivalent in this area what is the mentone of candy? Maybe Damascus. Like we, let's not say. Donald? <laughs> Maybe Damascus. It would certainly be Estacada. Estacada. No, Estacada's nice. You, no, Mentone's not that far. You, no, what do they say? Esta. Um, Estacada. No, actually, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> what were you about to say? No, oh, it wasn't. Goodness. Dude, I can't. Don't do say it. Oh. No, it's inappropriate. I remember now. I okay. Remember. Yeah, don't say it. Okay, let's end. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit canbychristian.org.